0: Welcome to Citric Church, Tebukit. We believe Jesus Christ gives lives to the full, and we are called to live it and share it. We pray you enjoy this message today. It is so wonderful to be with you today and uh, looking forward to sharing this word. I'm very, very excited about it. And a huge shout out to our wonderful friends, Pastor Jason and Emma Schroeder. You guys are legends. Amazing. We love you and we so appreciate you and all you're doing. And uh, a huge hello to the uh, leadership team and all of our friends there in C3 Hepburn Heights and its wonderful locations which there are quite a few of Uh, north perth hello north perth and uh quinn's beach fantastic and a a wonderful location i know and of course the bucket in bali we love bali so a huge shout out to you as well and not forgetting our wonderful friends who are watching online church so a huge welcome to all of the people all the locations it's wonderful well it's such an honor and privilege to be with you today and as i said i'm excited about this message and pastor jason and emma have uh, have asked me to share this specifically particularly in this context of the beyond campaign you're doing and what you're doing from a missions perspective and i'm First of all, I want to say how proud uh, we are of you uh, and impressed we are with you on all that you're doing, both locally, internationally, through organizations, through the mission that you've created in various places. You are doing an amazing work for God and uh, we are so excited to hear of the things that you're doing and are involved in. And I know you're going to bear much fruit when it comes to those mission efforts, so Uh, Congratulations. Thank you for your giving in that space. And we're praying, believing with you that you're going to have an amazing impact across uh, the area of Perth and beyond, which is amazing. The title of this message, as you can see behind me, perhaps is The Gospel. Now, You may be thinking, well, we know the gospel, of course, that's the answer. But in the context of uh, beyond and what you're doing, and particularly in context of mission, I wanted to talk about the gospel to create a biblical underpinning in this area of justice and to understand it, not just from a social perspective, but also, and more importantly, primarily from a place of the context of the gospel. Let me read to you Romans 1, verse 16 and 17, probably, well, not probably, the key verse of the book of Romans talking about the gospel, it says, For I, this is Paul talking, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes, first to the Jew, then to the Gentile. For in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed, a righteousness that is by faith from first to last, just as it is written, the righteous will live by faith. Uh, of recent times I've, I've I've delved into and studied a lot more on what the gospel is and it's interesting in our current social and political climate where we're in need of so many answers I believe the answers are all found in the gospel not outside of the gospel, not in an in, in, uh, in addition to the gospel. But as we understand what the gospel is and its full expression on the earth, I believe the things that the world is looking for, the answers the world is looking for, and the tensions that we're currently experiencing, I believe the answers, not just to the tensions, but to the problems, are found in the gospel. And here's my, my view. I believe unless we understand the true nature of the gospel, what it is, and how it works through the church, our narrative, the sound that's coming from us as a church will only reflect one facet of human agenda and not truly God's heart for humanity. And also, therefore, no human agenda, secular or religious. And that's as we, dis- we discover that in Romans 1 and 2. Uh, he, Paul addresses the issue of, of worldly agenda in Romans 1, but also the religious answer in Romans two. and he says, "Really neither is the, is the answer. The answer is Christ. The answer is the gospel, because the gospel encompasses all of God's perspective, which is awesome. It's interesting in Matthew 6:9, Jesus was teaching the gospels how to pray, uh, the gospels. He's teaching the disciples how to pray. And he said, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. And so right at the beginning of of the Lord's prayer, what we're meant to be praying and therefore what we're meant to be living out, our our role is to bring God's name uh, and to bring glory to God's name, to hallow his name. And I, I believe we do this by having a revelation of the gospel personally, but also by understanding the full implications of the gospel socially. All right, today in these next few moments, we're going to answer, or we're going to ask and hopefully answer three key questions. Number one, in regards to the gospel, who is involved? Who is involved? Who, who, are the, who are the personnel involved in the gospel? Secondly, who is included? When the gospel is real in the world, who is included in that gospel? And thirdly, and this is what we're going to focus on, is what's included. What is, what is the message of the gospel and, and what, are the, what is the full facet and what is included in it? So there are the three things we're going to talk about. Okay, number one, who is involved? I believe the who is involved is answered quite succinctly and totally in Luke chapter 15. And I'm not going to spend a lot of time in this, but just to cover it quickly... In Luke 15, we it is, the, it is the great parable of the three lost things the lost sheep, the lost coin, and the lost brother. And I believe in those three lost things we discover uh, the, the who is involved, the personnel, the, 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 the shepherd that goes and finds the lost sheep really is a picture and an image of Christ, of Jesus. And really, that represents a gospel centered church, a Jesus centered. Gospel-centered church is when the gospel is preached and the understanding ultimately, really, it's what Jesus has done. In the, in the cross, uh, in, the, in, the, in the death of Christ, the resurrection and the ascension, Jesus fully encompassed all that is involved in the gospel. He is the center of who is involved. He is the center of the message. He's the center of what was accomplished for us. Really, that, that lost sheep... That one lost sheep in the hundred represents you and I individually. If we were the, was the, and the only lost person on all of the earth, then Jesus would have come and died and rose again just for us. So Jesus involved. But the second part of that story of the parable is the lost coin. It's interesting that the lost coin is lost in the house. And I believe that the second group of people involved in the gospel is every individual believer. And those lost coins that have fallen to the ground, That the role of the church is to discover the giftings, the callings, the grace upon every individual believer and restore them to the covenant of God because every individual believer is involved in the gospel. And that's when every individual believer is involved, we then have the activated church. And, and it's not a pew sitting, a, a watching church. No, it is a, it is an involved church, an activated church. So every individual believer, every person in your church this morning, whether you're watching online, whether you're in North Perth, whether you're in Queen's Beach or whether you're up there in Bali, beautiful Bali, you are called. God has called you and graced you and you are part of the gospel, which is awesome. But the third part of Luke 15 talks about the lost brother, the, young, the younger brother. But we often focus on the younger brother, but the older brother was just as lost. He was the one that stayed at home, but he represents the church. And really his job was to go out and find the younger brother. And so it, the church overall is involved in the gospel. And really what we discover here is the missional church, the church that really is thinking about beyond the walls, over the other side of our church activity, into our communities, into our cities, into our neighborhoods. And that is really all about the missional church. Okay, so that's the who who is involved. Second key question, who is included? Who is part of this gospel message? Well, of course, the answer is everyone. Everyone is included. But more specifically, I believe that Ephesians chapter 2 really covers... The total gospel message. The first 10 verses of Ephesians 2 talks about the fact that who is is included is us and God. God wants to save you and and me individually. And even though uh, it's a personal gospel, it's not just about us. But God, first of all, wants to focus on you and and save you from all that it is that the world is trying to pull you into. The gospel is for you. You And Jesus came, He died for us, and we now have access back into communion with, relationship with God. And we have been forgiven and now live in the grace of God. How amazing is that? So it is us and God. However, verses 11 to 18 of Ephesians 2, the second part of Ephesians 2, talks about not just us and God, but us and others. Imagine, obviously, the cross has a vertical axis and it has a horizontal axis. The first 10 verses of Ephesians 2 really is about that vertical axis, axis, and that is us and God. But the horizontal axis of the cross represents this second part of Ephesians 2, and that is us and others. And it talks about that in the cross, the hostility between us and others has been dealt with. The anger, the unforgiveness, I love it in the gospel that God has given us the power to be forgiven, but also the power to forgive. So the gospel is only complete when it involves us transacting and working with and forgiving others, no matter what realm of society that is. And so the gospel is complete. God saves us, but then we relate to others and the hostility between us and others is broken down. And at that point, the gospel is complete, which is amazing. Okay. However, third question, what's included? I love the writings of N.T. Wright. And in one of his books, uh, Surprised by Hope, and in fact, in many of his writings, he talks about uh, that the gospel isn't just what often the church has focused on over the last couple of centuries, which is evangelism. But in fact, it is three things. It is justice. It is beauty and it is evangelism, justice, beauty, and evangelism. And that those three things really define and encompass what the gospel is in its entire message. I love the story in Luke chapter 10, verse 25 to 37, which is a story of the Good Samaritan. And it's not a parable. It's actually a true story. And an expert in the law came to Jesus. And it's interesting that this story is in the context of understanding what the gospel is, what eternal life is. And the expert in the law came to Jesus and said, what is, how do I get eternal life? And I love the fact that Jesus asked him, asked him a question back. Basically, what's your interpretation of the law of the scriptures? What, what do you think? The expert of, of the law answered wonderfully, perfectly. In fact, Jesus said that. He said, you've answered correctly. And he defined the gospel perfectly. And he said this. Here's what the the scriptures say. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. The problem was, though, he he knew it. He probably even believed it. But he obviously wasn't doing it. And in fact, to, to try and escape from the responsibility of that, the expert of the law said to Jesus, well, who, who is your neighbor? Because Jesus said, well, go and do it and go and do it to your neighbor. And, and, uh, and this expert said, well, who, who is my neighbor? So Jesus told him the story of the Good Samaritan. And without going into the details of that story, I'm sure many of you are familiar with it. And, it was, and, and two religious people ignored the plight of a person who'd been robbed by the roadside. So this person was in need representing, by the way, our world, there is need everywhere in our world. And it is not just the knowing of what the gospel is. It is the enacting an, an of that gospel. It is the expression of that gospel. It's interesting that in Jesus telling that story, he ended up not telling him who our neighbor is, but who we're meant to be as a neighbor. In other words, what we are as neighbors. And so I'm, I'm just thrilled at the things that you're doing your projects that you're doing locally, the projects that you're doing uh, globally. Because I believe that everything that you're doing from a beyond perspective, from a missions perspective, is actually creating an environment where you are making a difference in those individual neighborhoods. And God has called you to that, which is exciting. You know, um, one of the stories I've talked about for years, and I may even shared part of this with you when I was with you a, a few years ago, uh, and it's the story of a friend of mine called Peter. And Peter and I went to Sydney University together. And he, I was a Christian at, at university. He wasn't. In fact, he was the opposite. He, uh, he had a, came from a background of, of not believing. He was atheistic. He was antagonistic towards Christians. He was antagonistic towards me. But in spite of that, we formed a friendship and a connection. Uh, we end up graduating from university. And ironically, we uh, both got a job together in the same government agency working as social workers. And God put him in my, on my heart. I began to pray for him because I believe that God puts people in our worlds. But here's what happened. The, the, an opportunity came when I was able to share the gospel with him because I prayed for that opportunity. What happened was he ended up having putting his car in the workshop that needed fixing. He needed a lift home from work. Uh, that particular afternoon. So I thought, this is awesome. This is a great opportunity. So I gave him a lift home, even though it was in the other direction of where I lived. I thought this is a great opportunity. We'll spend 20 minutes together driving and uh, and chatting. Uh, when we're in the car, he asked me a question. The moment we sat down he, uh, in the car, he asked me this question, what did you do on the weekend? And of course, I thought to myself, this is amazing. I I, I said, I went to church. And then he asked me another great question. Uh, tell me about church i thought well this is an opportunity too good to be true so here's what i did i shared the gospel the crazy thing was though he did not respond that well to it in fact he argued back with me he had he had a set of arguments that in many many ways was more convincing than my sharing of the gospel He presented his version of scriptures, his version of social philosophy, his version of the answers to the world. To be honest with you, at the end of it, I was probably more confused and more concerned. And of course, really upset by the fact that it really, my sharing of the gospel had no real major impact seemingly on his life. By the way, I think we need to share the gospel whenever we can and however we can with people. But here's what happened, about a month later, Uh, I I found out that he actually was going through a very tough time personally. His marriage had broken down and he was struggling personally. Uh, And then through a whole bunch of circumstances, what happened was I ended up, Bernie and I ended up offering him to come and live with us and he moved into our house. And what I discovered was the sharing of the gospel is important, but the showing of the gospel is even more important. So he, he moved into our house and there was no strings attached and he needed a place to stay. And we just provided shelter. We provided uh, a safety for him. We provided a place that was good for him to recover, etc. The end result was um, he ended up coming to Christ. And after about four or five weeks of living in our home without us saying anything, He asked us if he could come to church on Sunday morning. So he came and he gave his life to Christ. And it was a wonderful experience of him yielding his heart to to Christ. And the gospel impacted his world and he ended up meeting Christ. He ended up becoming a great member of C3 and a leader. And eventually now he's a pastor running a church in another part of Australia, which is a great outcome. But really, the issue was I discovered that as I shared the gospel, and here's what I found in sharing the gospel, I really tr- probably tried to be impressive. I tried to impress him with all my great knowledge and theology and ideology. Thing is, I didn't because he was a lot smarter than me. And as I, as I presented that to the Lord, the Lord spoke to me and said, Look, Mark, uh, you're not, that's not what you're called to do. You're not called to impress people. You're, not called, to, you're called to have an impact on people. And I didn't know what that meant. And then an opportunity came a few weeks later where I was able to not just share, but to hopefully in that context to help him and share the gospel and show the gospel to him, which is an awesome thing. So here we see this thing where God has called us not just to, to reach out to people and to share the gospel, but God has called us into our communities to be to be light, to shine like stars in those places, To to bring justice where justice is needed, to bring correction, to bring hope, to bring justice where people are struggling in some shape or form. God has called us to be that place and to be that light. And I believe that what you're doing in the community and throughout and beyond into other communities globally, you are doing that in a phenomenal way. Hopefully this has encouraged you. So good to be with you today. And so we are, can we pray together as we finish? This today in Jesus' name. Father in heaven, I thank you, Father, for C3 Hepburn Heights. I thank you for this incredible church. I thank you for its locations. Father, I thank you for every person that is represented. Father, not just in the locations, but in the communities that are being reached. I thank you, Lord, that the vision of this church will be like arms of life and love that extend into the needs of every community. Father, I thank you, Lord, the blessing of God would flow through every contact, every every work done, every message preached, every location started. I thank you, Father, that the presence of God would flood every activity. And I thank you, Lord, that your presence would come and pour out upon this great church. And I thank you, Lord, that the favor of God, the blessing of God, and the impact of the gospel would go right through every activity and every word spoken in Jesus' name. God, I thank you, Lord, that if there's anyone here today watching this message that doesn't know you, that has yet to be impacted by the grace of God and by the love of God, I pray that their hearts will be open to your love, to your mercy, to your grace and your forgiveness. And God, I declare your blessing, your salvation, and your love upon their lives in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you guys. So good to be with you. God bless you, Jason and Emma, all the teams, all the locations, and we'll see you next time. God bless. Thanks so much for joining us today on this podcast. We hope you are inspired with this message. For more information about our church and our program, Please visit citrethebucket.com